Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your host, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, July 22nd. We have special guests with us today, joined by the Close of Magic, Stephen Cameron, Malik Grady. What's going on, gentlemen? What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having us. This is great. Really glad to be here. Admire what you guys do. You guys are definitely gold standard of uh, the Under Magic podcast, of which they are growing exponentially, I'm hearing. So, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You're you're, you're too nice. Last time, if you guys remember, we had Stephen on not too long ago. Now we're joined by Malik. Really happy to to have you guys on to be able to talk about everything post, all the madness that happened with the Orlando Magic. But unfortunately, we're at a point where there's not a whole lot going on. So I appreciate you guys doing us the favor so that we can kind of create some type of content. <laughs> but before we jump into talking Orlando Magic basketball, um, man, what are you guys up to? It's how, how are you guys enjoying the summer so far? Malik, take it off. You just had a fun vacation. Let's hear about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still living off the uh, haven't slept high of a kind of seven day vacation with my family. We visited a place called Lummy Island, which is like two hours north of uh, Seattle, kind of towards Bellingham, Washington. My wife's uh, grandmother had her 90th birthday, had a bunch of the kids and grandkids and great grandkids visiting from all points over the globe. Um, We decided to bring our two kids and uh, two nieces and nephew up there. So we had five kids up there, Um, but had a really good time. Lots of great weather, that kind of stuff. Um, and now back to the grind. Didn't get back to Gainesville till about 4.30 in the morning last night because <laughs> our plane was delayed and I had to drive back. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, But, yeah, just living on fumes and uh, living off enjoying the magic, talking with you guys. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't in Seattle, around the Seattle era, era, area just to kind of take a, a small glimpse of the, the crossover pro-am of, of Apollo? Is that really the reason why you were out there? <laughs> I wish, I wish, man. We, we, they did take a, a quick detour um, into Seattle just on, on the way back and forth from the airport, but didn't get to see much. <laughs> but uh, definitely thinking about Paolo. Always Paolo. Yeah, Steven, how's California treating you? Dude, no complaints over here, man. Just enjoying life, enjoying fatherhood as my daughter is about to turn uh, four months here in a couple of days. Man, um, yeah, just enjoying. Yeah, I'm taking off some work here in, uh, in about a month and take off a few weeks and be full-time dad as my wife transitions back to work full-time and uh yeah just just enjoying some beautiful sunny california weather i could show you right outside these these blinds uh gorgeous weather out here like nice 70 degrees yeah must be nice it's crazy human in orlando like they, they just came out with the report not too long ago that they they rate orlando one of the sweatiest cities in orlando like we we were ahead of um of new orleans and I went to New nice. Orleans about two years ago, and it was brutal, and it's exactly what it feels like. You can't walk outside without sweating at least a little bit. Impossible. I don't miss those days at all. Impossible. And then Al, if, wow. if you're if you're watching on YouTube, Al has a, a beach background. I can confirm that Al is really <laughs> not at a beach, right? Can you confirm um, that? Are you really I, not at a beach? Because I, I would be a little upset if you're on vacation right I now. I cannot confirm or deny, guys. I cannot confirm or deny. Um, it's actually my, my birthday tomorrow, so I'm actually thinking of oh, getting wow. away uh, to the beach somewhere. But actually, last weekend, we went to uh, Delray Beach. 
down here in South Florida. Nice. And that was nice, just to kind of check out some restaurants. We tried to go to the beach, but the weather was not cooperating, unfortunately. Um, but much like you guys, I'm just kind of laying low, relaxing, taking advantage of our downtime because I don't know about you guys, once the season gets going, it's kind of hard to, to not be paying attention, watching the games. Um, so wife is definitely enjoying the downtime right now. I, I, I don't know about you, man, but I actually like, I need the off season too. I know some people like dread it, but we go so hard during the season watching so many games. And then, you know, for, for, you know, that, that, that was even just as a fan, I used to enjoy it. But now that we do like podcasting for the last handful of years, uh, your show and ours have been running roughly around the same time. It like, dude, it's draining. And like, you need, you need a mental break to just like almost like reconnect with your family and like, just not think about sports. I don't know. I, I totally cut off from sports for the most part, you know, check in here and there, stay up to date where I can, but like, it's, it's nice not to feel the need to turn on something and like find a find a sporting event to watch. I just mm. just chill. It's funny, what what I end up doing, I, I try to like uh, hold on to basketball as long as possible, summer league and reading about stuff so I can get the other arm and reach out for football and not have to worry about baseball at all. So now I'm getting into <laughs> all the preseason and all the camps, all, like, all the SEC media days, that kind of stuff. Because football will get me into basketball, and then I have a full year where there I don't have go. to <laughs> get the there other you stuff. Go. But Dude, my, my I, I, do, wife I do respect what you do, Stephen, though. Yeah, my wife, she she like today she was telling me like what what is it that you guys are talking about? Like there's nothing going on. Like summer league, I get it, but it's over. Like what are you guys talking about? I'm like, "Well, Paulo hasn't signed a shoe deal yet, so we're <laughs> probably going to talk about that." So that kind of leads us into our our first segment of of Orlando Magic basketball. Paulo hasn't signed a shoe deal yet. All right? So he just recently took some pictures. He was wearing some Luka Doncic shoes uh, with Michael Jordan. If you guys were to select a shoe deal for Paolo, Malik, I'll send it to you first. Who do you think would be the best fit for Paolo Bancaro? Well, I wonder, is there any merit to being a free agent shoe-wise this first year? Like, just having it where each game maybe you wear a signature shoe of a different player or a different company and try to build the momentum and talk about yourself for that year and then kind of sign that that big deal the next year when you've gotten a little more cachet as the number one pick after hopefully a great year. I know you're a little more into shoes and shoe deals than, than I am. I was interested in it, but with, is there any merit to do Has anyone ever done that or is that not the way a big guy does it? I think I think it would be unusual for a number one pick. I can't think of a number one pick not signing because that's normally where they're I guess they're able to maximize the money that they have coming in. Um I, I can't I can't think of anyone that, that has operated. Maybe, maybe Luca. I don't remember did Luca sign one that, that early on? I don't I feel like I don't his think was so. like early into the season, but it wasn't like yeah. a full season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's taken off at all. I mean, his isn't really big or anything, is it? Well, they they just now. I I believe this is his his first signature shoe that they're okay. they're releasing, and I think even for Zion, it, it they took him a little while to release his shoes. I think that for for Paolo, being the number one pick, there's way more exposure. So, I think whoever it is that he decides to to move forward with, he's got to confirm or at least guarantee at least a, a signature shoe for Paolo. Cause I know that during, um, during the summer league practices, he was wearing some Pumas. So I know that he's, he's literally going from, from shoe brand to shoe brand. And there, there hasn't been any decided anything decided, but I would, I would like to see something a little different. I, I've never like me personally, I Paulo right now, easily my favorite player in the NBA. Like easy did not take long. Like just I'm I'm there's everything about Paolo that I'm excited for. So whoever he signs with, I'm I'm definitely gonna make that early investment. 
I don't like Adidas. I've never liked Adidas. I currently wear Adidas and it drives me crazy. Um, but I'm I'm hoping that it's it's something that's I don't know. I, I've I've grown to like Puma basketball. And I like that I like everything that they're doing. I'm a big J. Cole fan also, so I, I like the mix. I, I hope that whoever it is that he decides, um, I, I want, I need a Orlando Magic colorway signature shoe. What do you think, Al? Man, for me, I don't really have a preference. You know, I think that ultimately it's going to come down to money, like it always does. Um, so whoever can give him the most money, promising the signature shoe, you can never go wrong with like a Nike shoe, right? I think those automatically get a get a good um, good branding, good marketing throughout the NBA. Um, so if it was up to me, you cannot go wrong with with Nike. But like you, I'm not a big Adidas guy. Unlike you, I don't like Puma that much. So I'm kind of hoping for Nike. Um, that that's what I would think he would go with. I'm, guys, I'm I'm going give give him the bag, like get like Where, one of these. Whoever gives him the dollars, give him the bag. But also like, all right, here's the thing too. These shoes got to perform. I know like Puma and like Converse are kind of like trying to get back in the bat and like Reebok are trying to get back into the basketball game a little bit. But like, worry a little bit. I and this guy's he's a big dude, a lot of force, plays a lot of power. I want him to have support. I want him to land comfortably, like he's on clouds. Um, to me, I mean, I haven't played in a lot of other brands, but uh, I do love Adidas shoes. I love their uh, their um, ah, what am I? I'm, I'm totally forgetting the name of their their insole, their their soles. Um, but they're they're amazing. I just for me, I love them. Some of the best shoes I've ever worn. Just you know, for performance uh, on the court, you know, other athletic stuff. I just I just really am Adidas person. Um, it's funny that you are not an Adidas person, Anthony, yet you are currently wearing Adidas. So I, that makes no sense to me. Did you become not an Adidas person with the current pair that you're wearing? So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be completely honest with you, right? I'm at the point of my, I'm at, I'm at the point of my life where I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to travel to the Florida mall to buy shoes. It's just not happening. The Florida mall is a solid 30, 45 minutes drive away from me. And I'm just not going to do it. You know, could I buy it online? Sure, but then I have to wait a week for it to get here. So <laughs> I, I live around the Kissimmee area. So we have we have the loop, and the loop is um kind yeah. of like a, a shopping area where they have a bunch of stores. That, that's where I found the shoe. So I, I'm currently I'm currently wearing uh, the Don Threes, Donovan Mitchell shoes, which we're gonna talk about a little bit. You gotta go um, over, get some dames, bro. Get yeah, some dames. Yeah. But they didn't have. But they didn't the, have. They didn't have dames. They didn't have dames. And I started getting. Changes. I started having knee problems, so that's part of the reason why I don't like Adidas. But yeah, I'm too lazy to go buy other shoes. It's really it's really <laughs> out of just me being a father and me being lazy. Like I just don't want to go shopping. I hate going shopping, especially you can't in the wait a week for we, shoes though. I mean, no, what? I can't. I can't. I can't because I'm impatient. And then, and then I wait till the last minute to place the order, anyways. So it's it's just was in my timing. Gotcha. So that's why I'm wearing Adidas. Fair. <laughs> I got a great deal. All right. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I like deals. Now, now you, Stephen, you made you made a really good point. It, it really doesn't matter. Not that it doesn't matter with shoes, but you know he's a big guy, so it, it, we need to make sure that he's comfortable and he stays healthy. We can't have a Zion situation where the shoe's exploding. No, I'm no, sorry, bro. I didn't yeah, mean to no. interrupt, but like, I just like that's where my head went. He's a big dude, yeah. not like big like Zion, big, but he's still big. And like the yeah, shoe, that shoe exploded, bro. They they were Nikes. That's why he's got a song with Adidas. That's why he went with Jordan. I got you because it wasn't Nike per se. Um, <laughs> now, now we we know that Every he only played family. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Now we we know he only played two games in the summer league. 
And it was a decision by the Magic, not a decision by Paolo. And he kind of just went with it. But then we also see Paolo playing in these Black Ops uh, runs. And we see we received reports that, you know, he played in, in the crossover Pro-Am in Seattle. What are your thoughts on on that? Does it worry you that he's getting these runs in? And then there, what, what kind of went a little, uh, I don't want to say viral, but some concern is that during these these uh, Black Ops Pro runs, you know, there, there were just clips that we saw him doing really well offensively, but defensively it wasn't all there. Does that worry you at all? Steven, we'll, we'll go with you first. Nah, man, it doesn't worry me at all. Like, you know, they can shut him down during summer league when they're playing games, you know, back to back and you're, you know, within a couple of days, not necessarily back to back, but like, you know, a little bit tighter. Um, you know, there's guys trying to make a name for themselves. So maybe they're playing a little bit differently. I don't know, but I, it's just summer league. I never sweat it. I never expected him to play more than two games, to be honest. Anyways, three was always a bonus for me. Um, and, and then after that, like the team can advise him how to spend his off season, but they don't have control over what he actually does out, since it's outside of team activities. Right. Um, and I'd rather him go play at like a place like black ops or these a little bit more controlled style pickup games than just like, random dudes off the street, which, I mean, a guy at his level isn't going to be doing that anyways. Um, I'm not too worried about the defensive stuff, right? This this is like pickup basketball. This isn't uh, team basketball where there's a system in place. It's a little bit more one-on-one. Um, we know he's got a little bit of work to grow into as a defender. Like, I ain't worried about that long-term. He'll be standing right next to Franz and Wendell Carter Jr., who are both excellent defenders um, in a system that makes sense to utilize him and uh, he's gonna be just fine, fellas, man. I'm I'm psyched. I'm loving these highlight clips. I whether he's getting smoked and someone's yelling "Welcome to the NBA" or not, like I'm I'm enjoying it. Give me the highlights all summer long. Well, it's interesting. Um, you said earlier that you Paolo's your favorite player now, Anthony. Just all right off the bat, for me, I kind of want Franz to be my favorite player. Just I like the idea of this young guy coming over, his personality, but there's a real void in terms of social media from Franz. He's not posting clips. He's not doing interviews. Even uh, the, the one or two times that I was able to, you know, ask him questions, he was so savvy. I, I couldn't draw him into anything. I tried to draw him into uh, when Luca was messing with his brother. I was like, did you feel anything where you wanted to get back? Because the year before you guys played internationally, acted like he didn't know who Moritz was. And he was like, oh, well, you know, I don't get into those type of things. You know, we just had to play basketball and stuff like that. You know, whereas Paolo is a little more spiced, that, that kind of thing. So even though I, I love Franz, I, I think there's a great personality there that you've heard on podcasts. Paolo does kind of have that social media element, as you've already seen on in the crossover in Black Ops. The last guy we had during those summer kind of games was Aaron Gordon, to my memory, a guy who could kind of be on those you know, viral videos, that that kind of stuff. So I really like seeing him out there. I like that we have a presence there. Um, WCJ isn't going to be a guy doing that. Cole Anthony maybe could, but he's not the kind of big body guy that kind of thrives in those situations, I don't think. Um, I do think watching him against a guy like Donovan Mitchell, that guy's going to cook everyone, you know, in those kind of situations. He's going to embarrass anyone, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't think too much about the defense there. I'm not really worried about guys getting injured. I like the exposure. What do you think, Al? Same thing. I don't think it hurts, right? I think the Magic can use any single media attention that we can get, right? So I think Paulo's already 
bringing us that. He's only been with the team, what, for less than two months? Um, yeah. So we'll take it. Uh, on the defensive side of things that you're talking about, Anthony, the highlights, I kind of watched those. I'm like, ah. Part of me goes into, <laughs> hey, he's trying not to get hurt. He's trying to not roll ankle, hurt the, the opponent, right? Because, again, these this runs are NBA guys. I know they have a big contract. They don't want to get hurt in these in this games. So they're not going at it 100%. Um, so not concerned one bit. But what's exciting is this dude is looking like Carmelo Anthony out there with this, you know, jab steps and step backs, um, which is it's crazy. Now we're hearing that he's what six eleven, two fifty, so he grew a little bit apparently. Um, but he moves like a guard. He shoots like a guard. Um, so it's impressive what we're seeing out of this kid. I mean, I wasn't back in the draft. I was a Jabari guy. You guys all knew that. But watching this kid in our team now, getting to really know him a little more, it's going to be an exciting season for sure. I hated hated the fact that someone screamed out, you know, welcome to the NBA. I want to say it was Donovan Mitchell. I want to say it. Yeah, no, it was a pretty big dunk. He moved the basket. He didn't break the basket. He just kind of moved it off, you know, balance or whatever. And the big right? show, the ladder, yeah, and the, yeah, the level and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought it was a little. It's, it's a it's a pickup run. Like it's not it's not that big of a deal. You didn't dunk on Paolo. He let you go by. You know, could he have used his you know six foot eleven, two hundred fifty pound body to kind of you know alter the, the shot? Well, you know, maybe yeah. maybe he could have. Didn't happen. Donovan Mitchell is barely six foot one, so maybe he could have used his force so that you know it didn't become a viral highlight. But eh, it's not that big of a deal. I got a theory on that, Anthony. Real quick, maybe he let him go by and played soft defense on purpose because he uh, wanted his future teammate to get the highlight. You know, man. like hey, like dude, this is how good a teammates we are. I'm not gonna block you right now. I'm gonna let <laughs> you get this dunk on me. And you know, he was saying, "Welcome to the NBA." With like a wink, wink, like, yo, I can't wait to be on your team kind of deal, right? Like, that's that's what it was. It wasn't like a, welcome to the NBA. It was like a, hey, welcome to the NBA, Paulo. Like, it's good to see you. I mean, he, he repeated himself like three times, screaming, yelling at people were trying to fix the basket. But, Stephen, it's kind, of, it's kind of like you have an agenda in front of you. You know exactly what we're going to talk about next, which brings us <laughs> our perfect segue. Um, Donovan Mitchell is a name that we keep hearing. Right. We're kind of at the later parts where we kind of have a feeling that it's not going to be the Orlando Magic, but anything could happen. Um, when it comes to a player like Donovan, it's is now the right time to to trade in certain assets, to trade in your young pieces, to bring in a player like Donovan, knowing that you have a number one pick, knowing that you have other assets to be able to make this team a 22 winning team from this past season, bringing everyone back from free agency, even your guy Bobo, Steven. Yes. And and continue the scene. Is that is that really the right move? Would you want to see the Orlando Magic try and make a move for um for Donovan Mitchell scene? Um for the right price. Not not the not the seven picks. price. Yeah. But um, you know, okay, so it's like, is it the right time to make a move? It's not the ideal time. I think we all are in agreement that it would be nice to see this this current team get a little bit of run. Would would I prefer Donovan to be uh, available, you know, at the deadline? And that's like really when things happen, like, or, or in like, so at least we get a good amount of the season watching some guys and can take some more notes and get some more evaluation. Um, sure. But, you know, it's kind of like, we know we're going to have to make a consolidation at the guard spot at some point. Um, he's 25. He's made three all-star teams. He's, never once scored less than 20 points per game in a season. He's on contract for another three, potentially four years. 
Um, he fits the age range of our group. So it's, you know, and, and people always bring up like, oh, what about the next star that's going to ask their way out? Well, the next star could be 29 with a year and a half, essentially like an expiring, you know, rental place, um, kind of like a, uh, kind of like uh, Kawhi Leonard was, right? Or, you know, you don't typically find stars this young that have already proven this much success, you know, top 25 player in the league, um, available potentially on the trade market. So, um, I, I would say if you can get them to come down on their price a little bit, if it's that, that desperate, go ahead, like make that competitive offer. But I'm not here thinking that it, this is the time to really, um, you know, gut the roster completely and really go all after it. Like, you know, you, you, you throw a competitive offer out there. You probably don't move off of it. And if, if they, they bite sweet, if not like, cool, well, we'll, maybe we can carry on the conversation later on in the, in the summer or into the season, or yeah, we will have to wait for the next person or, or force, force an opportunity in the future. Um, but it, it's rare to just see this situation. So it's like, it, it's definitely tempting for sure. And I think Donovan's a great player and, and I think going to another scene where there's less drama, because there's so much drama with the jazz for the last couple of years, like come to a fresh city where, um, you know, where the culture is amazing and, and you have an opportunity to be sold on what we're doing and what we're building before the end of your contract. And maybe we're a really competitive team, like, you know, making some serious noise in the playoffs in like a couple of years when Paul has been able to develop a little bit more. Like, I don't know, man, it's, it's definitely tempting. I would definitely throw out a competitive offer. Well, I, mean, I think for me that they're kind of three reasons why, why you make trades. There's internal pressure. There's external pressure where guys are kind of looking at your team and they want somebody off your team. And then there's kind of opportunity to improve your team or opportunity to go after somebody. I don't think there's any inter- internal pressure to make a move. There's not There's not like guys who are like, oh, man, this guy can't get time. There are too many great players where they you need to make a, a move right now. You could make a move. There's not pressure to do that. There aren't guys really clamoring for our guys right now necessarily. Right now, there's just an opportunity to maybe get a star player. So to me, you pick up the phone, you have the conversation. Um, I do think there's some assets on the team that will improve, you know, in the coming years. I think Cole hasn't had his best year. Chuma hasn't had his best year. J.I. has been injured. Those are guys that should improve them themselves in terms of how other teams look at them. You can maybe get a better player. But I think we listen. I think he ends up going elsewhere. I haven't given it too much of my spiritual energy, but I would not be like, you know, looking sideways at it if it happened. I just don't think it it's pretty likely, you know what I'm saying? I like I like Donovan. I just don't like his height. I hate the fact that he's six foot one. I feel like that is a very, very difficult. Like you have to be a very, very special player to be six foot one and be able to have a very uh a high level basketball for a longevity of time. And I feel like Donovan has kind of proven that a little bit, but there's still, could he, could he, could he really be a massive, could he take a team deep into the playoffs? And I think that one of the things that Utah did so great at is, is being able to trade Rudy first. I think that was by far one of the smartest things that they can do because they already set the, the base level package of at the very least, this is what we're expecting because we value Donovan a little bit more. Now, I think that if you did make a move for a player like Donovan, you're kind of already saying that we're we're giving up on what Cole Anthony could be, Mark Hill could be, Jalen Suggs could be. I think that we still really don't know exactly entirely what Jalen Suggs 
is and, and could be oh, because definitely. he missed so much time. We saw a glimpse. We saw that he's a great defensive player. We see that the shooting was a little bit of a struggle. Offensively, can it be consistent? But we still saw a lot of a lot of great things. Al, what do you what are you thinking? If it's not Donovan, do you hold off? Do you do you try to make a move now? There, there's there's this debate going on of whether or not the Orlando Magic are a a playing tournament team that that could kind of make that you know that that stretch that that run this year. Do you see that happening? Could the Magic do that without trading for a big player like Donovan? So I think like like Stephen mentioned, right? The issue is this is a star player that fits the timeline. That's really hard to, to do, right? To get a guy that has a star potential, it's an all-star, but also fits the roster. You're not really getting older. You're not sacrificing much. The problem here is, the reality of it is, it's not likely. Our front office has said multiple times now they're not going to make a move anytime soon. They want to see what they got with the team hopefully being healthy for a full year. So that puts us about a year from now to really look at some potential trades. The second thing for me is what the Jazz are asking for, it's ridiculous, right? So we're hearing rumors of them as wanting what? Seven first-rounders, six first-round picks. That's crazy. Uh, on top of that, they want some young guys. So that would mean, just thinking here, Jonathan Isaacpot, potentially, maybe Jalen Suggs, maybe a guy like Chuma Kiki to make the money work. And then on top of that, a whole bunch of picks. Love Donovan, don't love what he can do. But I don't think we're there yet. Now, if we were making the playoffs already, we maybe smelled the second round, we got swept in the second round, and this were to happen, you say, hey, we got Paolo being a beast now. Wendell's an all-star. Markel's playing to his potential. Add a guy like him to the roster, and now all of a sudden we can make some noise in the East. Then I would pull the trigger and say, you know what? Do whatever it takes, because now we're that close. But right now, you make that move, and what are we going to be? Seventh in the East? Maybe sixth? We're not there yet. We're going to be back to where we were maybe a few months ago, a few years ago with Vooch and, and Gordon and Fournier, where we're going to be watchable. We're going to be fun. We're going to make the playoffs, but we're not going much further than that. So yeah. I would love it for it to happen. I think the Magic are due. It's it just a risky move and, and going after a star. They really are due, but it's not the time yet. We want to see what we got first before we make that, that decision. Can, can I follow up there for a second? Yeah. What's what's the problem with being the seventh seed this year? Compare because like here's the thing: this team's only going to get better. I'm not worried about really how we end this year. We're not really trading for Donovan for this year's performance. We're trading for him for two years from now when when Paulo's developed more, Franz has developed more. You know, he's built chemistry with assuming Fultz is still on the team. Um, you know, Wendell's continued to just dominate like. This team's only going to get better. So my thing is, we're not tr- we're not trading for him now. Yeah, we'll, we'll, this this year we might be mediocre, but next year we should be more improved because eventually you hope that Paulo outperforms him and he becomes the Robin to Paulo, right? That's like that's ideal. Like obviously, I think Donovan as a number one does sort of have a ceiling, but Donovan as a number two next to Paulo, who would be potentially better than him. I don't know, man. That's that's really intriguing to me. That that that's where it gets spicy. And again, that's why I circle back to I wish he was becoming available at the deadline, not not now. Because also, like, if it doesn't, I'm not worried about the picks. Throw all the picks in we want. Um, because if we're good, well, here's why. I'll explain. Here's why. If we're good, those picks are gonna be pretty bad anyways. Um, if if it doesn't work out and we have to trade Donovan in a year or two. Cool. We'll get all those picks back. 
Um, and also people throw picks around like candy these days. Like everyone's getting added, traded for, for a first round pick or two or three, or if you're an all-star four plus, right? So it's like, we can find ways to get first round picks in the future if we really need to. Um, I'm not really worried about the picks. I'd actually rather like feed out more picks if that meant I could retain uh, a higher level young player on the team and like replace that player with an RJ or something like that. Right. Like if it meant, can I keep Chuma instead of, if I can give you RJ instead of Chuma or something like that, like I would do that for sure. So that's my thought. Yeah. I, I kind of, I feel like it's a, uh, there are teams that are throwing away picks like water and just giving them away. But I think that's a short sighted overcorrection to the market right now. I think that uh, having picks and extra picks is lubrication is capital to be able to move things and, and make things happen. And also I think if you make an all in move or in, in, for Donovan Mitchell to get to the seventh seed, you've emptied the clip to be able to make the move that you need to going forward um, without knowing uh, you know, what your guys can become and all. So like I said, I would listen. Um, I would not overpay. Um, I, I'd love to have him if the price was right, but um, I, I'm not for, you know, trading away our flexibility and being able to have that all in trade for the next time someone is open. It, it's an opportunity cost. So what is the, sorry guys, I don't, I don't mean to like hijack this by any means, but like, what is a price you are comfortable with and all of you like realist, realistically. What's going on, Magic fans? The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down money in all major sports, baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over and unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Don't forget, the Summer League's about to start, so it's a perfect opportunity for you to throw some money down and make some money. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I, I think I think any more any more than than three. I, I feel like just any more than three is excessive, but I, I understand your point about if you're trying to win now, then you're really not looking into the draft anymore or not, not as much as you would, because right now we're looking into the draft to be able to improve and, and enhance our team. But now we're getting to a point where our roster is filled with a lot of players that we've drafted. At some point, we have to be able to make that transition that in that pivot. But I think that my, my number would be maybe three, three picks and maybe a swap or two. I would be comfortable with that. And then I wouldn't want to, you know, let go of Markel, Cole, and Sugg. So it would definitely have to be at least one of the three. And then, you know, depending on how you feel about Jonathan Isaac and and maybe a player like RJ Hampton where there's still a little potential there. I'm not sure if Utah would do that. I'm pretty sure Utah wouldn't do that because 
one, Danny Ainge is, is kind of running that thing, and you know that he's trying to squeeze out as much juice as he possibly can. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me personally, the, the, like Malik said, for me, it's the flexibility aspect of it. So now you're really compromising your cap space, which you've been kind of prepping for next offseason. Now that's going to take a hit. Now draft picks, you no longer have the flexibility of being able to make a big deal in the future if you need to acquire a second star to join him in Orlando or to join Paulo and him. So now you're kind of limiting yourself as to how good you can become unless all the young guys develop the proper way, which ideally that happens. Um, to answer your question, Stephen, for me, I would say, I'm going to shock you maybe, I would say monetarily wise, you need a big contract, right? So I would think a guy like Gary Harris, second year is not uh, guaranteed. So now you're throwing some money there. A guy maybe like Chuma or Jalen Suggs, one of the younger ones, one of the guards has to go in that deal. And like Anthony mentioned, I'll be comfortable giving Chicago's pick, Denver's pick, one of ours, and maybe a pick swap. So now you're looking at four picks, two young guys for him. If it's anything more than that, I'm out of the equation. Like, I don't think, again, I don't think the time is right, but also it would be way too much for him. And again, like we're hearing, they want a load of picks. Uh, So I don't think that would be enough to get him. I hear you. Cool. Good to know where you guys are at. Yeah, I feel like if we if we were to make any moves and we're we're trading away the Denver pick, the Chicago pick, it wouldn't hurt as much. That's not mm-hmm. our picks. And those are those are extras. Well, yeah, and we'll have enough. We'll have like it's not like if we trade out four first and a couple swaps, we're going to be pickless over the next five years. We'll have we'll have picks, right? And if we're good enough, you know, like you know those those swaps won't even convey if we're good enough. You know, their own picks will be better, so we'll still have our pick. Um, so it's not, you know, I'm kind of like J.I. for filler because you just don't know with him, and I'm so worried he's just going to get injured again. Um, that's my salary filler. Throw in Suggs and then figure out what the, you know, can you can you squeeze an R.J.? If not, it would suck, but I'd be okay putting Chuma in there. I'd like to retain Gary Harris because I think defensively you need him um, and his floor spacing abilities next to, you know, to, to come and be able to play in certain lineups next to, um, next to Donovan Mitchell and, and, and Markel Fultz. That's kind of like my possibility. Um, you know, but like, again, like with you guys, I have a price. I'm not, I'm not throwing every single pick out there. I'm just not nearly as worried about the picks because if things work out for us and we are healthy, the swaps won't convey or we'll be contending to a level, you know, if Paulo makes his steps in the next handful of years, we'll be contending at a level so well that, the picks being the, the picks won't matter because you know they just they just won't they'll be so they'll be bad up into the the late twenty you know into the twenties somewhere ideally um, if we can get that good be that good of a team now that's a lot of questions if if we can get there and if guys can develop to that supporting staff but you know that's just kind of like it's a fun thought process ultimately I don't think he's gonna be on be on the Orlando Magic. Um uh, but I do I do pick up the phone and, and make some calls and see what we could do. Gotcha. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I guess you, you must be a little bit higher on, on Bobo than I realized because Dude, the guy who, if you make he didn't, that he trade, didn't even offer I got you. Yeah. He didn't even try to trade Bobo at all for Donovan sense. Mitchell. No, it all comes back to that. I understand. Yeah, exactly. That's because Sorry. he wants he wants to run Bobo as our point guard. That's what it is. Dude, Bobo Next to Franz, next to uh, ridiculous Hollow, next to Wendell Carter, next to Bamba, we're good. Our young prince. 
<laughs> or actually, Wendell Carter or, or uh, Franz might be a little too short in that lineup. We might have to throw J.I. in there if he's healthy. Yeah, he gets a real height. So. There you go. <laughs> if it was your choice, you would have five bubbles out there playing yes. all position. Positionless basketball. Yes. Yeah. Well, Can't the good thing is position. we're going to see what happens. I do have a feeling the Knicks are going to end up overpaying and getting Donovan at some point. I think that's what the cards hold here. We'll see what happens. But I did want to ask you guys, so we talked about it earlier. It's the off season, really now. We have the next maybe eight weeks with nothing really going on. But something exciting, it's going to happen in September. So the Wagner brothers are going to be playing, uh, representing Germany in Eurobasket. Um, how excited are you about that to see, you know, France and Mo out there representing the Magic and their country? Um, what do you expect to see from them? And are there any concerns maybe of injury with them playing in this tournament? I'm, I'm, I'm weirdly really excited about this because I, I want to see what – first of all, I don't know if it was last summer or the year before, uh, Mo Wagner was balling out for the German national team. Sure and was. you saw a different player than you saw in the NBA, a certain aggression, a certain of like kind of putting his team on his back. And I want to see if we see the same thing with Franz with the German team. I want to see how he's used. Um, I, I meant to look over the German roster to see what kind of players are there, kind of big-time guys. Obviously, you have um, – who, who's the, the, the guy who was with OKC, the, the point guard? Um, uh, Schroeder. 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 I assume yeah. he's, he's a big, big part of their team and all. But I, I think you might see some point fronds, you know, which we all want to see go from only fronds to point fronds um, and to see what he can do with that and kind of take – more touches on the ball because I've, I've been saying this ad nauseum that when you look at the season, uh, Cade had about 20 more touches per game than Franz did. I think that was a big part of how much production he had. Yes, he's good, but Franz, when he had touches in December, he was ridiculous. It wasn't just being point Franz, it was just having the ball, even catching on passes, even when he just, just, you know, touching and moving along. If he's a central part of what Germany does, that could be very exciting and bring that to the team for next year. So I, I, I really want to see it. And Moritz Wagner, I think he's the same class as Bamba and WCJ. I think there's a little more juice in the orange with him being with the Magic as well. So I'm, like I said, I'm really excited about it. I think we have to be, we have to stop being so careful and cautious with, with our players. I, I think this is an amazing opportunity just because he's going to be playing meaningful basketball in, in the summer. You got Palo out here playing in a, in a pro-am and, and, you know, black ops run. This is, this is Franz and, and Mo playing for, for their country. So it means just a little bit more for them. And I think that we're going to be able to see him kind of, or at least them play in a, in a, in an environment where it's a little more their element just because you you see these players play with so much so much more pride mm-hmm. and and Moritz was was like when when he played last international basketball he was a monster he looked like a completely Beast. different player to where we just like you know this dude's gonna play for the magic he's gonna take away Mo's minutes he's gonna take away everyone's minutes and I think that is gonna be Luka great too. exposure yeah yeah I'm I'm ex- I'm excited for it Steven you don't look excited no no I am sorry I I was getting distracted by uh, Malik's the, cat, the cat. Uh, sprinkles going in the background um <laughs> that one always makes an appearance and I love it uh no I I am excited I'm not worried about like off-season injuries man I think us as magic fans have been like uh just just and traumatized traumatized from Reviews. everything but yeah. like reality is man like uh, I don't know, man. Not too many NBA players like have serious injuries over this summer. Maybe a tweak here, a tweak there, but like these guys are going to be playing. If it's not here, like if, if it's not at you know FIBA, it, it's going to be 
elsewhere. So mm-hmm. let them play. They're going to do it. We said this way to have a team and team doctors to be able to like watch them. They can represent their country. Dennis Schroeder, Malik actually wanted to mention this. Philip Rossman, right on Orlando Magic Daily, I was listening to that this morning. He was uh, saying that Dennis Schroeder was actually a big component of recruiting Franz to come and play nice. for for the for the team. Um, obviously, I imagine his brother was too. But uh, uh, you know, so it's it's cool to to kind of just see. Um, you know, Franz connecting with other players in the NBA, uh, you know, going to represent, you know, not only his country, but us to an extent, you know, on, on another stage. Um, maybe Novitsky is I am psyched. Maybe, you know, uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm psyched. I'll definitely, you know, watch, watch the games or at least catch some highlights. I feel like why, why does, why does Dennis Schroeder have, have to, try and recruit Franz to play for this thing. I feel like the president of Germany needs to recruit Franz. <laughs> like, is he, do we not consider him to automatically be like the most talented player on that roster? Or is that just oh, I think, I think Schroeder's kind of like taken, like, I think he's sort of like the captain of the team. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like, That's he's taking on like the leadership kinda, yeah. role and stuff Got like it. that. Got it. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it's, it's not more than a text message. That's, that's needed. It's like, like much, yo, much you know, know. Yeah, public leave, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hey, bro, you up? You in? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, now, you guys just recently had NBA player development Henry Wu Jr. on your podcast, who we've seen him work uh, really closely with Mo Bamba. Um, what what were some of your your take your takeaways from that episode for for those that didn't get a chance to listen? Um, man, first off, like shout out to Henry Wu. He's He's a, a young up and coming player development coach, been doing it professionally for a couple of years now. And uh, for those who haven't heard the episode, he actually got his start um, with Ken Birch. Uh, Ken Birch and him went back, go, go back some time and uh, recruited him to be his personal trainer for a while. And then that just skyrocketed his career to where now he's working with Mo Bamba and a handful of other NBA players and, and two way players and, and up and coming players as well. So, um, he was, he was fantastic. So I guess like one of my big takeaways, man, is like um, these guys work when they're with them, particularly with him, they work, they're doing two a days. Uh, they do a morning skill session, then they hit the weights. And then they, in the evenings is when they do like the, the individual training sessions with him as well. Um, there's a plan, there's structure. Um, it, and he really, he really goes about it like, Hey, I'm not going to transform you into a completely different player. What I want to do is we want to continue to be consistent on what you're good at. So for Mo Bamba is thing he was hitting at like, okay, you made a really big step with your shooting at, at, at 38% from three. We want you to stay in that range. So we're going to continue to work on that. So you don't fall down. You stay up there within that respectable, you know, he was talking like 37 to 40 range is like kind of what they're aiming for, for next year. And then, you know, we'll find a weakness or two to then continue to develop. So continuing to work on screens, uh, you know, being able to work, he was really hammering a lot working on mismatches um, in, 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 in the, in the offense and and defensive side of things. And, And, you know, but then it was through that, he was like, so those are the two things, but okay, you want to work on mismatches. What does that look like? Let's add a couple of post moves. So it's like, you're working on two larger things with a couple smaller things within those larger elements. And, um, you know, he's really hyped. Obviously he works for Mo, so he's going to be hyped on him, but, but we even had some conversation off camera and 
to me, it's like, I've always been like in most corner, um, you know, with, with realistic expectations, but I, I fully do expect Mo to come back and, and be a, an even better player than he did last year. Well, one of the other thing that kind of hit me is that um, I, I kind of had to, I don't know if the words eat crow, uh, but there were last year watching WCJ and Mo together. I had assumed that WCJ was more at the four a lot because coming out of college, uh, he had said he wanted to play some more for, he likened himself a little bit to Al Horford. So I can assume the bigger player was playing the five and then that kind of thing. Um, but what Henry Wu pointed out was that Mo was actually playing quite a bit of the four in the offense and the responsibilities with the magic last year. So I kind of had to, you know, knuckle under the, the people. I was saying, no, he's playing the five and stuff. But, and the, because what they brought up was that Mo this year, they think will obviously play a lot more five because be backing up um, WCJ. They think he'll be able to thrive more in that role and kind of show some, some things and that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm excited for hearing that. I'm excited to see some magic fans on the timeline say, Hey, you know, hearing Henry Wu talk about Mo Bomb, I'm a little, I'm kind of fired up. I'm kind of excited to see what he can do, especially he's kind of in a contract year. He took the, the lesser off of that kind of thing. So I'm excited to see, see what happens. It was really interesting to see Wu said he's almost become like a friend and almost family member. Yeah. With Mo. And that's kind of a lot of these trainers. You forget how young they are with these guys. And they even keep up with those guys during the season because they'll watch every game and break down film and say, hey, listen, good thing you were working on with this before. Uh, make sure we said that we'll work on your base when it comes to shooting. And they're like basically like they're almost like a personal assistant throughout the year as well. So it's just interesting to get an insight into that kind of development that's emerged in the last few years for players. I'll say, I'll say this too. Um, one, one thing I really liked that we, we, we heard from him and I don't remember if this was on the podcast or, or, or afterwards is, you know, they're, they're expecting Mo to, to be an improved player, but with potentially reduced numbers, they're already in the mindset. Nothing official has come out. He even said this to me, um, you know, during our time together, he's like, we haven't heard anything from the team officially on where Mo is in the lineup and all that stuff, but we're just mentally prepared for it to be potentially off the bench in a reduced role um, with, with, with not as many minutes, but he's like, you're still most likely going to see some good improvement in, in Mo within those times, even if the numbers aren't as high all around. So um, just hearing that Mo is eager to be back with the team. Um, you know, they said the the negotiation process was really easy and smooth. So that that makes it known that both parties really wanted to have a return there, and and that you know Mo is 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 mentally ready to to accept almost whatever role is about to to be given to him is just super encouraging to me as 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 someone who wants to see the Magic do well and Mo do well within the Magic system. Yeah, I think that you appreciate, you learn to appreciate Mo so much more once you remove all the expectations that you previously had for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was by far the the biggest thing that, you know, was, was rubbing people the wrong way for Mo. And I feel like now that we're, we've got the contract that we have now that we kind of see where the pieces really fall and we know what to expect from Mo. I think that people are going to really enjoy seeing Mo play more moving forward than in previous past. I personally was completely shocked that we brought him back. I'm super happy that we brought him back, but I honestly thought that he was going to go elsewhere. Um, the fact that he's back, I, I think that just free agency wise, I consider it a massive win for the Orlando Magic to be able to have that type of player coming off the bench for you. We know that there's concerns with Wendell Carter Jr. and his injuries. So in the event that something were to happen, 
you got somebody that's ready to step in right away to be able to uh, contribute on the defensive end, stretch the floor. Uh, I know that people have complaints about his motor, but I personally think at the very at, at the end of the day, he cares about his teammates. He wants the team to win. He wants to represent himself the right way. And I think that it's, it's a complete you know, win. I, I found it interesting to see the fact that he was working out with Wu just because he was working. Wu was primarily working with Ken and really helped develop him to to kind of take over that that set that um second string center position kind of put mo on the on the back burner and then here goes mo you know kind of working out with this trainer i'm like oh okay i see what you did there <laughs> not not a bad move not a bad move mo i like a it. little a little insight um so uh Wu and and kem were were hanging out they were going to get they were going out to get lunch or something in orlando and uh mo bamba happened to be having lunch at a restaurant uh you know at a street they were crossing and so you know they, Kem walked over, Wu hung back to, you know, just give them space and they chatted for a few minutes and, uh, and, and Kem goes back to, to Henry Wu and says, Hey, Mo Bamba wants to work with you. He's like, Oh no, I don't, you don't need to be doing me fair. He's like, no, this isn't coming from me. Like Mo Bamba wants to work with you. So, um, you know, I'll get you guys in touch with each other. And that's, that's how the whole thing started. So the whole that's thing, awesome. even, you know, Kem connected Wu and Mo Bamba, um, and, and just really made the whole thing happen. And, you know, last off season was his first season working with him. And, and you know, even the biggest Mobamba hater can't say that they didn't see improvements on Mobamba last season, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I think it's only a positive thing. It's really cool. Cause he's still working with other trainers too. Um, this week, he is actually working with Drew Hanlon in LA. So it's like, he's, he's still going to see other really good uh, performance trainers as well as well he's got his main guy locally uh in orlando with henry Wu. i just wanted to say guys you guys did an amazing job with that interview and, and to those that are watching or listening to the show today if you haven't listened to it go back the close-up magic check out that interview it was a really really good job and you guys did with it a lot of great insight um so we really appreciate you guys sharing that with us and, and our audience here today as well um to close out the show guys today just a very easy question for both of you what are your expectations for the team next season? And one bold prediction, hot take for the team next season. Steven, I already know what you're going to say. Oh, Bobo is going to come out sixth man of the year. <laughs> Bobo starter day one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'll, I'll knock it out for me. Um, I, I've said this for a year, really, is that I think that the Magic, I expect them to be within range of the plan all season long of, uh, up until the end of the year and maybe kind of fall back. And what I mean by in range, I'm not saying that they're going to be like the 10th, 9th, 8th seed. I just think that um, be within a few games, so to speak, of that plan, that of that 10th spot. So if you go on a run, you can get into that kind of thing. And then if they're close enough around the trade deadline, they could maybe make a move, that, that, that kind of thing. And in terms of my hot take or, you know, bold prediction, that kind of thing, I was thinking about what would be the most outrageous thing. Here's, here's what I came up with. I'm thinking, what if both Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs are ahead of Markel Fultz in the pecking order of young talent on the roster by the end of this year? I'm going I'm, I'm to give it a prediction because I think they both have that ceiling because Cole Anthony with his shooting off the dribble from three, Jalen Suggs with his two-way ability and combo ability, I think you could 
possibly see, I must say, you see both those guys being ahead of Markel in the pecking order as young players, which again makes Markel expendable, you know, gives you option, that kind of thing. So that's my hot take ball prediction. Let's see what happens. Malik, I, I, I just want to say, like, I don't feel like that's super unrealistic when you consider Above how the other Markel? ball. Yeah, when we have so many other ball handlers, though, I'm just saying, like, if you I've think been, about I've been it, waiting for this like, whole episode. I know there's <laughs> there's there's opportunity with with Paulo being such a he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Franz, we want to see him with the ball in his hands a lot more too. So you could with you know the shooting off the dribble, the two way ability of Suggs. I it there is a world where that could happen where they say, well, we need these skill sets more than we need uh, Fultz's ball handling ability because we have ball handling ability with our forwards. It's, well, I, I, I'm just I, saying, I, like I, I'm, I, I had kind some of, thunder, there's something. And, and now it's been stolen, which no, is fine. You know, no, I, I don't need thunder. You know what I'm no, saying? That, I like that this take. not at all. This is me saying I like that take. I like that take. Um, <laughs> my expectations are, you know, we see a healthy team. Man, I want to see a healthy team. Let us win. Let it. Let us improve by, you know, 10 to 15 games. That'd be solid. I'm not going to put any sort of crazy – crazy expectations out there. And I'm going to say 10 to 15 game improvement because after all-star break, okay. if, if we're not really there, you know, maybe they start tanking it out a little bit more intentionally to kind of end the season. And maybe that's why we fall short of a bigger leap. Um, but maybe 15 is a little bit more on the, the baseline and we take a bigger jump. My hot take is sort of against the grain a little bit with Markel. Not so much, or sorry, not, the, not, not the against the opposite, rain. Malik. No, the complete opposite. Not, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a chance that Markel Fultz could win most improved player. Not because he's a bad player or like and has a lot to improve on, but because the whole league has forgotten about him as a player and what he's able to do. We all get mad at other people saying, well, what about Markel Fultz? He's in the, you know, you guys don't really watch the magic. Of course they don't watch the magic. We were tanking. He played like. <laughs> 12 games at the end of the year, 16 off the bench for most of them. No one is tuning in for the worst team in the league right now because an X number one pick from five years ago is all of a sudden getting injury recovery minutes. Like, come on. No one is watching us. That's okay. So I think he's going to come out, be healthy all year, really surprise some people and kind of put some people on, you know, put himself back on the map and get that most player improved award. I like it. I like it. Definitely the complete opposite from a league. I love it though. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, my my bold prediction, my bold prediction would would be something that I wouldn't even bet a dollar on. It's extremely yes. Bold. Let's go. Like not even not even. I'm putting no money on it. Not even my daughters like can't. I'm not nothing. Right. You would take Al's Naming, money. Can I, I would if, use if, Al's money. Yes, the yeah, money that perfect. he used to fly out to Boston to go watch NBA <laughs> final. That's what I would use. Definitely, hundred percent. Naming rights with, to your next child? No, no. Okay. No, that which is still undecided yet. So I, I, I will take um, recommendations. Just the middle, middle name, name. Just, just the middle name. name. Yeah, right. Um, my bold prediction is Jonathan Isaac plays more than fifty-five games this season. That's my, that's my bold prediction that I'm not so, putting wait, any wait, money wait, on. Wait. Any I'm gonna, money wait. on. I, I'm going to top yours. Not, not only, Uh-oh. not only, not only fifty-five. Because I, I think what's important about my bold prediction is that he also ends the season healthy. Not that he plays 55 and then gets injured. I think that minimum 55, he'll exceed it, and he'll end the season healthy. That's my start? bold prediction. Is he going to start? Um, not, not in the beginning. I think eventually, I think eventually, I think eventually you might have to. 
I don't know where. Three bronze at the two. I like it. That's that's that's. I I think that that's that would be the only natural fit. My only issue with that is that I really want, like, I really want Jalen Suggs to work out and and be our our two guy, our our two guard eventually. Like, I really want that to be the case because I'm I'm I have high hopes for Suggs. At the same time, if we're really trying to win, we've seen Franz already handle the ball as as a point. Franz, we know that he's a do it all. I'm okay with with experimenting at the two because if it can you imagine imagine a lineup of Wendell, Paulo, Jonathan, and Franz? We listen. Let's not even talk about Markel's playing uh, uh playmaking ability. Like I I I think that 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 is a that's scary for an opposing team. K Wagner, I, I like it. Yeah, I, and there you go. <laughs> I, I think that that would be something I think that would be that would change the way that people view the Orlando Magic because it's kind of like, oh, OK, I see what you guys are doing here, because when people talk about the Orlando Magic, they they really like Jonathan Isaac, his his situation is on the back burner a little bit. That's like, people what we talk about him. Same here. Yeah. Yep. yeah and, and it's I, I don't blame you. It's, it's been two years. Like, even if he comes back healthy, what what type of player is he going to be really? So my, my bold prediction that I wouldn't put any money on would be he plays more than 55 games. All right. So I, I was going to up, up yours, but you, you kind of you fix it at the end there by saying he starts by the end of the season. Don't say five It goes to the two. No, no, no. <laughs> One dollar. Mine's was going to be J.I. finishes the season healthy. So he plays off the bench initially, stays healthy. Prediction. This is mine, though. By the end of the season, people are going to put J.I. heading into the following season as one of the top defenders in the NBA again, and a potential All-NBA defender again, which again brings back that potential he had back to life. Again, it's all up, all to do with health, but I think he does manage it. Maybe it's because I read his book this week, but yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> I, I think my you're thing. If, all these, I, the if these JI uh, aspects come back through, like he comes back healthy, same defender he was before, uh, with an improved jumper. I mean, here's my thing. I like I like Wendell Carter Jr., but I think you slide Jay at the five because I don't know if Franz is going to be able to guard some of those quicker shooting guards on a on a full basis. I think he can handle them on switches, but if particularly if Fultz is is our our starting guard, he's he's a passable defender. He's not like. You don't necessarily want Fultz on your point of attack guard, right? Like you need, you kind of need another supporting guard there. So slide Ji at the five. I love Wendell, but God, imagine Wendell off the bench too, dude. He would just slaughter people. Gosh, that'd be insane. <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to really go down that rabbit hole too, too much. I just like just want to throw a caveat there. there. Little, little I mean, I just we got, we got some exciting players. What I'm gonna say is, you start lining up in 2K, and you'll fall in love with it. Fair enough. On it, on it. So, guy, got it. When Wendell coming off the bench, Bobo starting at the five. That's what you're saying, right? <laughs> J.I. No. J.I. J.I. Not Bobo. My bad. My bad. <laughs> uh, I think I think those are all very realistic, minus the Bobo part. But I, I think realistically, <laughs> not that we would put money on it, but I think we we can see at least some of those things when they all happen. Wow, that's amazing! Like, yeah, if, imagine if, Markel if Foles is is six man of the year, but Cole and Suggs are actually better than the six man of the year. Wow, I mean that that's a that's conference huge. finals team. So I like where your head's at. 
<laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> Man, awesome stuff. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, always a pleasure talking Magic Basketball. Malik, it was awesome meeting you not too long ago at the uh, NBA draft party. Yeah, Steven, real, we man. still got to make that happen, man. When are you, when are you coming down? Coming, uh, coming back for the holidays. And um, the rough plan right now is to do a close-up Magic suite, which you guys would be invited to. Yeah, because we weren't Listen. invited the first time around. I, I will add that. We're not, we're not cool enough. We're not cool Sorry, enough guys. Then. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stephen, where for for those that aren't following you already, um, where is it that they can find uh, the the podcast, the social media, all that good stuff? Yo, close up magic everywhere. Uh, all the all the podcast platforms. We just recently launched on YouTube. Um, go ahead, head over to our channel uh, and subscribe, but only do that if you continue to listen to the ozone do not come over and, and stop listening to the ozone we love these guys uh hey man, you guys are a right. weekly listen for me um so that. uh yeah find us over there um and then you can find my personal twitter account um is uh steven s-t-e-p-h-e-n 610 it's it's right there on the screen if you are watching it and um yeah, that, that's that's me. That's the podcast. And uh, couldn't do anything that I'm doing with the podcast and the show right now without Malik Grady. Sorry, it's mirrored. It's a mirrored <laughs> camera right now without Malik Grady over here. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just Malik G on Twitter. Uh, I think I'm Malika Ming on Instagram if you want to go there. But definitely check us out, YouTube, uh, like and subscribe on iTunes, that kind of stuff. And there's room in Magic Hearts for this podcast as well as yes. Magic and lots of other podcasts, which For are coming sure. up every week. And even <laughs> though Steven's trying to toss dirt on them as they go by the wayside. I would never um, do that. There's plenty, there's plenty of room for everybody. I would never do that. <laughs> hey, man, you, you guys do quality work. Definitely a, a great listen. If you haven't checked out their most recent with Henry, Henry Wu, it's a lot of great insight, a lot of great information there. So definitely check that out. I appreciate you guys so much for giving us something to talk about because we were – we're really like, how? Like, what, what are we going to talk about? So appreciate all the great insight that you guys give. And that's that's rad, man. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.